Thank you, Eric, Christy, and Matt. Bless my heart this morning. I appreciate all the good music. Uh, Matt does a great job leading that, and I'm thankful for him. And I'm thankful you're here this morning um, in the middle of summer. I know a lot of people are traveling, but still, thank you for your faithfulness this morning. Let's open our Bibles to Colossians chapter number 3 as we continue in our study in, the, uh, in Colossians. Colossians chapter number 3. We'll read verses 22 through chapter number 4, verse number 1 this morning. Colossians chapter number 3, begin reading in verse number 22. The Word of God says this, Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men-pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. Whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men, knowing that the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done. And there is no respecter of persons. Chapter 4, verse number 1. Masters, give unto your servants that which is just and equal, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. Let's pray this morning. Father, we love you. And Lord, we do thank you. Uh, Lord, we thank you for your grace. Lord, we thank you for your love this morning. We thank you that you love us in spite of us. God, my heart's already been so encouraged by the music this morning, and I thank you, Lord, uh, just for your presence. God, I thank you for who you are. And Lord, I pray this morning as we dive into this text once again, God, I pray that you would teach us. Lord, I pray that you'd grow each one of us. Lord, I pray that you would help us. Lord, you are worthy this morning. You are holy. Lord, your word is always right on time. And Lord, I, I know that it's exactly what we need today. God, I pray that you'd bless us. I pray that you'd be high and lifted up. Your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. So we've seen um, in this uh, book, this letter, Paul has been writing uh, to the church at Colossae. And he's sitting in a prison cell. And he's uh, been writing. He's warning them about some things. But then also encouraging them about some things. In chapter number 3, the theme has been the Christ-centered life. He began the chapter here about uh, some things the believer, if you remember with me, needs to put off. Some things that the believer needs to put on. He said, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. He talked about how as, as, as people that follow Jesus, the word of God should be inside of us. And then we saw last week what the Christ-centered home looks like. If you remember and you were here last week, he said, hey wives, here's some things that you need to do. He said, husbands, here's some things that you need to do. He said, kids, here's some things you need to do. And then he circled back around and said, fathers, here's some things you need to do if you're going to have a Christ-centered home. Now what he does is he shifts gears. And, and by the way, can I say the Bible is not outdated. It is relevant. It is right on time and it is helpful. Here he goes from the Christ-centered home to being a Christ-centered employee and being a Christ-centered boss. And I don't know of anything more practical this morning than him telling us, look, if you follow Jesus and if you're saved by the grace of God, this is what it should look like for you at work. See, what happens is so often in the believer's life is we compartmentalize our lives. We have our home life, and he already addressed that. We have our church life. We have our work life, and we have our recreational life, and if we're not careful, we'll begin to think that the only part of, of life that is spiritual is our church life. And we must understand this morning that all of life 
is spiritual. All of it. Your, your home life, your work life, your recreational life, your church life. Listen, it is all spiritual. I mean, what does a Christ-centered employee or a Christ-centered employer look like? I mean, he's already addressed how the gospel impacts your life, how it changes your life. I mean, how it affects the individual, how it affects the home, how it affects the church. But now, man, how does it affect the workplace? Listen, here in verses 22 through 25, he addresses employees. And in chapter 4, verse number 1, he addresses the employer. And let me just say this. 1 Timothy chapter number 5, verse number 8 says this. But if any provide not for his own, and and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith, and this is powerful language here, and he is worse than an infidel. You know what Paul's writing to young Timothy and saying there, and let me just get this out right off the bat. Listen, God is not intended for us as believers to be lazy and not to take care of our families. Somebody better help me preach this morning. We live in a culture and in a world where, listen, if the government can provide it for us, let's let them provide it for us. Gag a stinking maggot this morning. Just being honest with you. People taking advantage of disability. And I understand disability. There's people that actually need it. But there's people that take advantage of it. People taking advantage of the welfare system. And I know there's people that actually do need it. And there's actually actually biblical precedent in the Old Testament for what biblical welfare looks like. But we live in a world where people are cheating the system. And unfortunately, even Christians, if we're not careful. Well, can I just say this to you young men? And to, to Listen, take care of your family. Don't put a job, it, it, listen, there's, there's been times in life for all of us where we've had to do something that we were overqualified for, but listen, if you have to bag groceries to provide for your family, bag stinking groceries. Man, get it done, right? That's what Paul's talking about here, and it's only going to get worse from here. So if you need to leave, I'll, we already prayed, but you can just go, okay? Let me put it this way. Provide for your family. Work hard. Man, that's what he's going to say in this text. Look at verse number 22. Look at this first word here. It says servants. You know what he's referring to here as an employee. Somebody else, listen, signs your paycheck. If someone else is your boss, if someone else is paying you. So he says that. If you're an employee, look what it says. You got your Bible open, look at the Word of God. Verse 22. Obey, and if you write in your Bible, underline this, in all things your master or your bosses according to the flesh. So, you know what Paul's saying? The new man, guess what he does? He obeys his boss. He listens to his boss. You might put it this way. He knows his role or his God-given authority. A godly employee knows that he is not his own boss or owner. And let me just say this this morning, because this is where we live a lot of times. If you think you know better than your boss or your employer, can I just tell you this? Go start your own. Right? Your boss has been placed there by God, and everybody knows how to do it. Okay, you put your neck on the line. Oh, man, we we ain't picking this up. I can start preaching against gay marriage, and y'all shout it out this morning. This affects us in here. 
You, you know more than your boss? You go take those loans out and grind it out and make it happen. Hey, you know more, you know, and I said it a lot in here. I love social media. I hate social media for this reason. I love it for this reason and hate it for this reason. Everybody can express their opinion. They know how to run a job. They know how to run a business. They know how to run a country. They know how to run a church. They know how to lead a family, and most of them can't run a hot dog stand. You see what I'm saying? Everybody wants to, I have people, well, you should do this at your church, and you should lead it this way. And that's great, and that's fine, and if God tells me that too, I will. If that's what you want to do, you got the same opportunity, go start one. Right? Anybody's got, you can do it. Hey, you, you know more than your boss? It says obey them in all things. Do you know that leadership that's placed above you is a place there by God? So instead of complaining about it, instead of being a know-it-all, it says obey them in all things or go start your own. So he says servants, and I know y'all don't like this this morning. I didn't either. Obey your masters. We don't even like that lingo this morning. But here's the thing. This is what I tell. I've had staff members tell me, I don't, work for, I don't work for you. I work for the Lord. I said, good, go see him on Thursday and get your paycheck. You see what I'm saying? I see our minds. If God's placed that authority over you and you're your boss, you know what God, the, God, the God saved Christian is supposed to do? Supposed to submit to that authority or go somewhere else. Supposed to do what that boss says. And I'm not saying, and let me just say this before somebody, listen, I'm not, if they ask you to do something that's illegal, Use, is everybody tracking me? Man, if they tell you to do something that goes against what the Bible says, but other than that, guess who you work for? Them. They say to sweep the floor, well, that's not my job. If your boss tells you to, to do it, guess what your job is? To sweep the floor. Well, that's, I love this one. That's not in my job description. I tell our staff when we are in the interview process, you know what your job description is? Whatever I tell you to do. Right? I mean, can we just, is, is this getting too real in here this morning? Listen, if you have a boss and they tell you to do something, the new man does what their boss says. And look what it says here. This is why. Keep your Bibles open because I know we don't like this. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart fearing God. Your work is not just about pleasing your boss. It's a spiritual thing. Guess who it's about pleasing? It's about pleasing God. That's what he says. You're not just doing it for the person you work for. Guess who you're doing it for? You're doing it for the glory of God. Look at verse number 23. And this is an awesome verse. I love this one. And whatsoever. So anything you do, look what it says. Do it heartily. That means not halfway. As to the Lord and not unto men. So, because we're not just doing it for a man, we are doing it for God. Listen, we should do our jobs to the best of our ability. We should work hard. We are doing it to the Lord and not unto men. Your work that you do. Listen, you're not just working for that boss. God has placed you there. You have the opportunity to bring glory to Him by the work that you do. Look at verse number 24. So it says, do it hard, work hard. Look at verse 24. Knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of inheritance, for ye serve the Lord of Christ. So this language that's used here in this verse, when it speaks of an inheritance, this is speaking of eternal things. Man, this is, this is talking about, listen, even your work here on earth, you will be rewarded for in eternity. Look at verse 25. But he that doeth wrong, this is specifically talking about your work. Look, he shall receive 
for the reward for which he hath done. And there is no respect of persons. You could put it this way. You will, you know what you will reap? Whatever you sow. Here on earth and in eternity. First Timothy chapter 5, first verse number 18, as we look at chapter 4, verse number 1. So he starts with the employees, and we're going to give you some practical things here. I mean, look at chapter 4, verse number 1. So that was employers. He spends four verses on that. And then look at verse number, 20, verse number 1, chapter 4. So master. So then he goes to the boss. Give unto your servants that was just and equal, knowing that ye also have a master in heaven. You know what he's saying here is be fair. If you're the boss, man, be fair. So he says, employees, work hard. Remember who your boss is. Man, do it to the best of your abilities. And then, if you are the boss, be fair to those. Be just to those that you work with. 1 Timothy 5.18, For the Scripture saith, Thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn, and the labor is worthy of his reward. And I found this out over the years. And I'll hear people, we all feel like we don't get paid enough. You know what I'm saying? Like, none of us do. But here's the thing at the end of the day. Your gift, even in the secular world, will make room for you. If you work hard and you're really good at what you're doing, you're going to get paid for it. Because there are a lot of people, and you may, and you, if you're here and you say, no, I don't, you may want to readjust some things and think some things through, and we're going to talk about them here in a second. Those that, do, those that work hard at the end of the day, I'm just telling you, those that show up every day, those that are dependable, in the end, when the dust settles, they are always going to be more successful. I'm just telling you. That's just the way that it is. So I want to give you some practical things this morning that I think can help us from the Word of God to go along with this to be a better employee, to be a better employer. I mean, what does it look like to be a Christ-centered? What does it mean to do it heartily? The first thing I wrote down is this, Christians at work, number one is this, know your role. Here, and you say, what do you mean by that, Jake? This is what I mean. Know whether you're the master or you're the servant. Know whether you're the boss or you're the employee. And we have all different people, and we have business owners sitting here this morning. We've got people that aren't business owners. We've got supervisors sitting here. Here's an important thing to know. Know know where your role is. It's kind of like, remember we talked about the, the family last week? We get messed up no matter where we're at when we don't understand what our role is. Man, if you're, if you're the husband, you better know what your role is. It's to lead and to love. Man, if you're, you're the wife, like we talked about last week, you better know what your role is. When you, if you're the kid here this morning, you need to know what your role is. It's to obey. And, just like, uh, just, and it has nothing to do with your worth. or it, it has everything to do with functionality. Just like marriage, just because the wife is called to submit to the husband, that has nothing to do with equality. That has to do with functionality, okay? It doesn't mean one's more important than the other. It's just how God has intended things. So if you're in the employee, there's nothing wrong with that, okay? That's a good thing, but you must know your role. If you go into work every day thinking you're the boss and you ain't, it ain't going to go well. By the way, if you're the business owner and you go in acting like the employee, it ain't going to go well. You have got to understand and accept the role that God has given you. And I found this. When we embrace the role that he has given us, listen, guess where promotion comes? It comes 
from him. He's the one that raises one up and sets one down. By the way, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. And guess what he will do? He will lift you up. And maybe the reason right now you haven't gone from one level to the next is because you act like a stinking jerk and a know-it-all at work. If you humble yourself, guess what will happen over time? I mean, God will begin to exalt you. What I found is, especially as Christians, sometimes we can just be know-it-alls. Man, we go in and we run our mouths and we tell everybody else how to do it. We gossip around the water cooler like everybody else does. Man, when the boss turns his head, we, we, do, we, we, we slow down. You know what I'm saying? Listen, can I just say this? Know your role. You, if you're not the boss, listen, go in there and serve with everything you've got. If you are the boss, go in there and lead with everything you got. But here's the most, the number one is this. We've got to know where we fall. Man, you're, so here's the thing. With your boss, guess whose vision should be your vision for your job? Your boss's vision. If you want to have your vision, guess what you need to do? Start your own. Know your role this morning. Are you a servant? Then be one. If you're a master, then be one. The second thing I want you to notice is this. I want to give you five characteristics that summarize a Christian work ethic. And my friend Jonathan uh, shared these with me. I, he articulated it way better than I did. So I'm just going to give you straight up what he told me. And this was some helpful stuff for me. And we like this because, see, it's easy being a Christian when we talk about, like, going to church, like being religious. Anybody can be religious. Being a Christian and being religious ain't the same thing. <laughs> well, so let's just talk about this. You, and I, we, this is going to get hard. But I, am, am I a Christian in the workplace? Let's talk about this real quick. Number one, first characteristic, a Christ-centered worker. You only going to like this. It's punctuality. Punctuality. Being on time and being prepared. Being late is not a personality disorder. It's a character disorder. When you're late to your job, you know, what you're, you know what you're telling your boss? I'm just being honest with you. I is a boss and has been one for a long time. When somebody's late and they don't communicate it, you know what it says? You're, it's not important to me. And I may be a little overboard on this. My staff knows if you're going to be one minute late, one minute late, all I expect is just a text message. Not, I'm talking about one minute. That's it. Hey, man, I'm running late today. You know what that says? I respect you and I respect your time. I respect the page. Is everybody tracking me here this morning? Be on time! If you want to be some, if, you, if it's something you want to do, guess what you're going to do? You're going to be on time. You say, well, I just don't have time. Let me help you with something. Set the alarm just a little bit earlier. Many of us, you know what we do? We run around in emergency mode. Alarm clock goes off. Wah, 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 wah. Snooze button. Can I just give you something practical that will help you? And I know, I know this is church this morning. Some of y'all probably ain't going to be back. That's cool. Let me just give you some practical stuff that will help you. To be on time. Some of us are late to everything. It's not, just listen to me. It's not a personality thing. It's a character thing. Put your, put your alarm clock across the room. And guess what? It'll, your phone, which wakes you up every day, instead of having it right beside your bed where you can hit snooze. You know what it forces you to do? My wife hates it because this morning, 445, that alarm went off. And guess what happened? Whoo! I'm up out of bed, run over there across the room because it makes me get out of. Is everybody tracking me here this morning? Be on time. You want your boss to promote you someday? He's not going to promote the guy that's late 20 minutes and 30 minutes every single day. It's not going to happen. By the way, if you're working for me, you ain't going to be working there real long. 
Punctuality. And just so ask yourself this, what am I telling my boss by when I get to work? Am I there on time? Here's the second one. Transparency. Transparency. Clear and constant communication. You know what your employee hates is unnecessary surprises. Finding out something that they needed to know from you from someone else. Be open, transparent, and communicate. I tell our staff this. There's nothing in the world we can't work through as long as you straight up with me. When we talk, you tell me. Tell them what's going on. Man, communicate with them. Man, talk to them. Be real and honest with them. So first of all, we say this, be on time. Second thing is be transparent. Communicate. Do you know a lot Listen, a lot of that stress that we have every single day could be solved if we just communicate a little bit. And we live in ways where we, can, we, have, we have communication tools at our hand. Pick up the phone and just tell them. Go to their office and just tell them. Man, send an email. And I, I'm not a big fan of trying to work through problems and stuff through email and all that because you can't understand tone, you can't interpret all that stuff. Man, just sit down and look them in the eyes and have a conversation with them. Be transparent. And I know some people, and I'm not, I understand there are, there are exceptions to the rule, and some people are ridiculous and you can't talk to. I understand that. But for the most part, what I'm saying is just communicate with them. Man, have, be transparent. So he said punctuality, transparency, and then thirdly, I wrote this one down, reliability. Be dependable, passionate, and go above and beyond. Proverbs says this, and even this even goes into church work. Many times, listen, an unfaithful man, you know what he is? He's like a broken tooth, and he's like a foot or a, or, or a, a part of the body that is out of joint. Be a faithful person. Listen, if you told somebody you're going to show up for work tomorrow, guess what you should do? If you told somebody you're going to serve in a ministry, guess what you should do? Serve in that ministry. Man, be there. Man, if you signed up for the nursery, and God knows we need more nursery workers, and I know it's not glamorous, but show up for it. You know our nursery directors and the ladies that run that on Sunday mornings, we've got, uh, there's times and seasons we have so many babies, we'll have four, six nurseries we've got to run on a Sunday. Six different nurseries. When we're doing two services in Sunday night in a normal season. Man, show up for it. Man, in our kids' classes, during Awana, when they start back up, and I'm talking, this is family time just for a second. Awana's going to start back up here in just a couple months. On Sunday nights, we'll have 50, 60, 70 kids every Sunday night. Man, if you signed up for it, be in your place and show up. Hey, at work, you know who your boss wants to depend on? Those that he knows aren't always calling and going, uh, I'm sick today. <coughs> you know? Be reliable. Be dependable. That's what a Christ-centered, they're honest, man. They, they, they show up for work, they're reliable, and they're dependable. I had a dude one time work for me back in the day, and he had his wife call me. Because he was sick, and he wasn't that sick. Like, if you're in a hospital or something, you're about to die. I get that. But what kind of dude? It's like saying, hey, baby, will you call my boss? So I can stay home in the basement and play Xbox and eat Cheetos all day? Grown man, be reliable, man. Be somebody that you that, that that people that you work with know they can count on. And then how about this one? Integrity, man. Just being holy, godly, and honest, man. If if you, man, if you if you make a mistake, and we all do, right? Just be honest about it. Like, dude, I messed up. I'm sorry. Man, just being honest, not stealing. Man, it's amazing to me. You know, we may not steal financially from our boss, but you know what, if, you, if you're cheating the time clock, can I just tell you what you are? You're a thief. If you punch in and you're on the time clock and you're not doing what you're being paid to do, and I know this ain't fun, 
you're a thief. You're not a good Christian. Thou shalt not what? This is basic stuff here. Steal! <laughs> Man, I found this when I work hard, when I do what's right. You know what my boss will do? He'll show me grace. He'll give me that extra time. He'll do, is that is right track me here? So think about these. Where do you fall? Punctuality, transparency, reliability, integrity. And then here's one of the hardest ones for us so often. Teachability. Teachability. How many of us like admitting when we make a mistake? I don't. <laughs> I don't like, does anybody like saying, we don't like look forward to saying, you know what, I was wrong, I'm sorry. That doesn't come natural to us. Admit your mistakes. How about this one? Have a good attitude. If you go into work and you're miserable every single day, and let me just say this as a side note, find a new job. You shouldn't have to go in and be miserable every day. Man, go, find something that you love doing and do it. Find something that brings you joy every day. You know, there's something out there, but here's what happened. We don't want to work hard enough. We don't really think it in those terms. If you're miserable, just like I say, if you're miserable at your church, find one you love. I say that to y'all. If you're miserable at your job, find something you love doing that helps you get up in the morning and be teachable. Have a good attitude. Have positive body language. You are placed in that workplace not just to do a job, but to be a light in this world. See, we forget it sometimes, don't we? We forget that that boss may be a lost person. Those coworkers may not know Jesus. And God may have placed you there for that to be your mission field. But if you live and act like everybody else does, and I'm not talking about watching and live. I'm talking about how you respond daily to, to those things that come up and to the stress and to the problems. Listen, as believers, we should be a light in that workplace. Punctuality, transparency, reliability, integrity, teachability. So number one, know your role. Number two, there's some characteristics. So if you're late all the time, can I just help you do something? Set your alarm earlier, get out of bed, and do whatever you got to do to get there on time. Transparency, maybe, maybe you're not being transparent. Reliability, maybe you can't, you can't go back and change the past, but you know what you can change? You can change tomorrow. Integrity, teachability. Some of us probably need to go into our, some of our bosses and say, you know what, I'm, not, I'm just sorry that I act like a know-it-all. You ever had, I've had people that work for me back in the day that would try to finish my sentences for me. Seriously. Or act like they know how to do something they didn't. You know what? If you don't know how to do it, you know where you want to gain. You don't gain respect by acting like you know how to do something when you don't. You know how you gain respect is saying, hey, boss, I don't really know how to do this. Could you show me how to do it? You know what? That's humility. Teachability. And then write down this one, thirdly. So know your role. Man, the, the, these five things. And then here's this one. I got two more. We'll be done this morning. How about this? This is just a basic one. Work hard. It says, whatsoever you do, do heartily. Whatsoever. Work hard. Ecclesiastes 9.10, Solomon said this, whatsoever thy hand findeth to do. So whatever it is, do it with all thy might. There is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave, whithersoever thou goest. Listen, hard work achieves more than talent in the long run. Show up and work hard every day. Understand the results of laziness versus the results of hard work. Luke 16.10, he that is faithful in that which is least, guess what? He'll be faithful in that which is much. He that is unjust in least is unjust in much. So here's the thing. If you don't take care of the little things, and I, this is how I work. If they don't take care of the little things, I'm not going to give them no big things to do. 
Man, if you're, if you're not going to take care of the day-to-day, those things behind the scenes. Hey, if I watch, and these guys know this, if I watch one of them walk across this parking lot and there's a piece of trash on the ground and they don't stop and pick it up, and sometimes I leave it there on purpose to see if they do. Seriously. Man, when, when we're interviewing someone, one of the things I'll do is when we go to a meal, if they don't thank me for that meal, when I pay for it, guess what? They ain't getting hired. Just being honest with you. Man, you, you've got to think these things. If they're not faithful in the small things, man, if, 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 if sweeping, if vacuuming the floor is, is too, too, too small for them, man, they're never going to be on the platform running the service. You see what I'm saying in our world? Man, so in your world, whatever it is, if it's a small thing, be faithful in the small things. Because if you're not faithful in the small things, you probably, in the long run, aren't going to be worth much in the big things. And listen to this one. And, and I'm gonna, I could give you 100 verses. We're probably going to only give you about 50, okay? But let me give these to you. Proverbs 10, 4, 10, 4 and 5. He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent maketh rich. He that gathereth in summer is a wise son. But he that sleepeth in the harvest, you know what he does? He causes shame. These are those must-be-nice people. Everybody else is out working hard. Oh, that must be nice. They're lazy. Listen, work hard. God blesses it. Here's another one. Proverbs 12, 11. He that tilleth his land works, listen, shall be satisfied with bread. But he that followeth vain persons, they're void of understanding. Proverbs 12, 24. The hand of the diligent shall bear rule. Listen to this. But the slothful, they shall be under tribute. That means they're going to be paying everybody else and they're going to be owing everybody else. Proverbs 13, 4. The soul of the sluggard desireth. They want it, but you know what they have? Nothing. But the soul of the diligent, they shall be made fat. Lazy people make excuses of why they can't do something and why others are able to do it. And I'm not, I'm not trying to be mean. This is biblical all through Scripture. Winners work hard at what they're going to do. Winners in life. I'm just telling you. Whether it's with the Lord. Do you know serving the Lord and having a walk with God's hard work sometimes? Sometimes you've got to set your alarm early to get up and be in the Bible. Right? It's hard work. You know why some of us have never read our Bible all the way through? You know why? It's hard work. You know, sometimes we, don't, we haven't served and we just, we just sit in a chair every week. It's commitment. It's hard work. Great churches aren't built on spare time and pocket change. Man, it's people that decide they're going to work hard. And thank God we've got a lot of them. We're so thankful for that. Here's a couple others. Proverbs 14, 23. In all labor, guess what? There is profit, but the talk of the lips tendeth only to penury. You know what it says? Talk is cheap and leads to defeat and losing. There's people that know how to do everything and they run their mouth about it. How about this? How about instead of talking about it, we, we show we show you. I like the Missouri uh, motto that for their state. You know what it is? It's a show me state. Two types of people. There's people that talk a good game and there's people that play a good game. You know what I've learned in life? Typically they ain't the same person. Because if you play a good game, guess what? You ain't got to tell everybody how good you are. Proverbs 19, 15. We almost done, I promise. Slothfulness, and you can hold on for one second, Matt. Slothfulness casteth into a deep sleep, and an idle soul shall suffer hunger. Listen, everyone loves the concept of success, but not everyone is willing to make the payment for it. 
This is in your home life, church life, work life. Say, preacher, I'd love to read the Bible through. You know what some of us have to do? I, we, you know what you're going to have to do if you want to do that? You're going to have to set your alarm a little bit earlier and get up tomorrow morning. You're going to have to read it. That's what separates those that do it and those that don't. It's hard work. Man, you want to pray every day? Spend time with the Lord every day? Guess what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to do things that most people aren't doing. You're going to have to get out of bed and spend time with God. and spend. Man, everybody loves it, but not everybody's willing to pay. What separates those long-term that are successful and those that aren't is some are willing to pay the price while most of the world isn't. Work. Work hard and give it all. In your marriage, you want a great marriage? It ain't just going to happen by mistake. <laughs> You want a great marriage? Wake up tomorrow and make the changes in your life you need to make. You've got to want it. Health? And I'm not going to beat the drum on this, but man, if you want good health, and you may not be where someone else is. We're all in different places, but if you want it, hey, wake up a little bit earlier tomorrow morning and walk around the block. You've got to start somewhere. You've got to work. Devotional life? Get out of bed and read your Bible and pray. At the end of the day, it comes out down to this, no matter what area, work, church, home, marriage, health, wherever it is, you've got to want it and make the changes that only you can make in your life. Some of us will spend looking at someone else's life our entire lives wishing we had what they had and could do what they do. You know how you get there tomorrow morning you make the changes in your life that only you can make. Mm, it's hard. It's not easy. By the way, anything that's easy ain't worth a whole lot. I've learned that. You know what is worth a whole lot? Man, those little days of progress. You don't see it all in one day. You may not even see it all in a few years, but when years of consistency in the Word of God, you'll begin to understand it. Years of consistency in prayer, you'll begin to understand it. Years of consistency of taking care of your health, you'll begin to see the results. Is anybody awake in here this morning at all? Years of consistency at work, you'll begin, where at the beginning it doesn't pay off like it should. Listen, those businesses that have been successful even in this room, man, you didn't see the struggle for those five and ten years and the blood and the sweat and the tears that got somebody those sleepless nights hey i'm even saying with the church i'll i'll talk to pastors sometime and oh i then they're they're gonna sit in their office all day and play video games and wonder why the church isn't growing somebody help me this morning if you're gonna be successful it's gonna take the blessing of god and it's gonna take hard work no matter where it is in your life and that goes against everything our culture says you know what we want give me give me give me how about this go out and get it Give me, give me, give me. Everybody owes me. Every, listen, no, they don't. Nobody owes you anything. Man, go and work for it. And then lastly, and you may say, I, how could you use this point after that sermon? But here's the, here's the last part. Number four, you want to be awesome in your workplace? Don't be a jerk. Don't be a jerk. Employee and employers. Let me read you some verses and we're done. Matthew chapter 5, verse number 40. Greatest sermon ever preached by the greatest preacher ever preached. Jesus Christ himself. Listen to this. You can help me whenever, Matt. We're done. And if any man will sue thee at the law and take away thy coat. Look what it says. This is tough, man. Let him have thy cloak also. Whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile. That, mean, that word compel means force. Guess what it says? Go with him two miles. How about this one? Matthew 5, he's preaching here. Jesus is preaching here. You've heard it been said, thou shalt love thy neighbor. And it's easy to love people we like. 
But look what it says. Oh, my goodness, this is tough. This is Christianity. You can have your conservativeness. You can have your religiousness. This is Christianity right here, y'all. Look at this. Love. Look, look at it. But I say unto you, so, look, oh, my goodness. Look at this. Love your what? Enemies. Bless them <laughs> that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. Here it is. You may feel like you've been used. You may feel like you're boss. Whatever. Look at it. And pray for them which despitely use you and persecute you. A couple things I wrote down under this, and this was for me. Don't be a jerk. Be kind. Be gracious. Show mercy, show love, and forgive. I just want to remind you, as Paul was reminding the Colossian church this morning, all of life is spiritual. Your job is spiritual. Do it for the glory of God. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Let's stand to our feet. These altars open if you need a place to pray. There'll be some counselors here immediately following service and during the invitation if you need someone to pray with you. If you've never been saved by the grace of God, we'd love to sit down with you and take a Bible and not show you what a man says, but show you what God says. As Matt sings, the altar's open this morning.